You are listening to Shining Star Community Church, English Ministries Sunday Message. Please visit us at www.shiningstar.life. Today, I'll be speaking about the third core value of our ministry, which is we value a vibrant prayer life. The third core value, in case I was confusing, is we value a vibrant prayer life. Yeah. Uh, these past few weeks, we started on a journey um, learning and knowing our ministry's mission and vision, and now we're on our core values. Um, we believe these core values can lead us to our mission statement of how to know God and enjoy God. Now, um, going right into it, I have a question for us to think about is, when do you pray? When do you pray? The next question that can come up is, what is prayer and why do we need to pray? Um, We know that prayer is a way of communication with us and God. We are speaking with God where we can express our inner spiritual needs or through prayer, We can find strength of spirit, guidance, and wisdom, joy, and inner peace. Prayer may be long or short. Um, It can be alone or in a group. It can be silent or aloud. But it's a true way of communicating with God. But the main reason why we pray is simply this. It's because it shows that we acknowledge that we can't do it, but the one who we pray to can't. We are dependent on God when we pray. But let's break down our third core value when it says we value a vibrant prayer life. Uh, What does vibrant even mean, you know? Um, Being vibrant on Google, it says, full of energy and enthusiasm. And so how can that be connected with prayer then? So when we pray, we must be full of energy and enthusiasm. But the common mistake we can make when we hear this is that we think praying vibrantly would mean that we need to be overdramatic. We need to be overdramatic. A vibrant prayer doesn't necessarily mean a loud prayer. It doesn't necessarily mean an emotionally-led prayer as well. But the question is, how can we pray vibrantly in our life in a consistent basis? Prayer is objectively real. We pray to a real God. We pray to the God. Prayer is real communication Prayer is real work, it's real answers. Prayer is conscious, personal communication with the God of the universe. So far, we talked about what prayer is and a little bit of what is a vibrant prayer. And by the way, there is such thing as dead prayer. The exchanges with Jesus and the Pharisees are exa- is one example where the Pharisees was just praying in a way of vain repetitions. Therefore, we need to value a vibrant prayer life because that means we are able to know the Father's heart. So going back into this text, a little background information on what, the, what we just read here is that uh, in Daniel, is that Daniel, is, um, Daniel is, a, is pretty old now. He's pretty old now. And uh, one thing about him is that he is a man of prayer. He is a man of prayer. He will pray so much he will get in trouble from the kings that he was serving. In this chapter, we see this is about the third king that he is serving. And what we just read in this chapter is his prayer 
of how Israel is about to be set free soon. One thing for sure, Daniel's prayer here in chapter 9 is a prayer of hopefulness, just a regular communication with the Lord, and expressing how, he, how excited he is to see God's nation um, about to be set free. So the first point is this. A vibrant prayer life can be prayed vibrantly because of God's character. Again, a vibrant prayer life can be prayed vibrantly because of God's character. Daniel knew exactly who he was praying to. Verse 4, it says, I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession, saying, O Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Here we see that Daniel recognized God's character. And there are more examples of Daniel recognizing God's character in this chapter. Verse 7, it says, To you, O Lord, belongs righteousness. Verse 9, To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness, for we have rebelled against him. And so if, we, if you notice carefully in Daniel's prayer, his prayer didn't start off with bragging or because he knows what's right, he knows what's good, but it started with humility and adoration to the Lord and followed by confession of personal and national sin and lastly, petitioning before the Lord. It doesn't depend on his merits or his mood, but only the steadfastness of God's constant character. Verse 5, it says, We have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from your commandments and rules. Daniel know that the people of Israel is wrong and have sinned against God. But because of his faithfulness of God's character, Daniel was able to give thanks to God for being merciful, forgiving, and perfect. Where we are able to see how he is perfect in the law of God. In the law of God, I just want to tell you a little bit about that. In the law of God, it shows his holiness and his righteousness. It reveals to us our imperfections and follows God's standards and expectations, which we clearly fail. We miss the mark. That's why we see God being able to fulfill his law through Jesus Christ, because Jesus, through man, fulfilled it. The law of God reveals to us our unrighteousness. We can't follow it perfectly. It is a declaration of our unrighteousness and declaration of his righteousness. And in Daniel's prayer, that's what we see, how he prays before God, understanding he is a wretched being and God is righteous. Verse 18, it tells us that we don't have the right to go before God and present our pleas because of our righteousness, but because of his great mercy. By God's grace and him loving us first, we are able to talk to our Father. The more you speak with the Father, you're able to know more about his character as time goes on. What we can also see in Daniel's prayer is that we must present humility and recognize who has the power to save with a repentant heart. That is why prayer is acknowledging that we are dependent on God the Father, that we are wrong, that we can't do it on our own. We need him. But maybe you might not be able to get there in your prayers because you're just so busy in your life. We hear it all the time that prayer is important for us Christians. And so pray when we can. But doesn't it feel like it can be a dead prayer where you pray the same thing over and over again without any thought? So ever since I started to drive in my junior year in high school, um, 
I was so thankful to God. I was so thankful that I finally got my license. I wanted to get my license as soon as I was 16 years old in three months. That's when you can get it legally in the state of Virginia. So I couldn't wait. And by God's grace, uh, my parents got me a used car. And so I had my license, I got my car, and then they gave me insurance too. So it was great. Um, and, and one thing I would do every time was that I would pray every time I would get in the car to praise and thank God um, for that day, and ask God to be my hands and feet and my eyes as I drive and keep me safe. Maybe some of you guys uh, maybe pray that before you drive. No? Okay. Uh, um, and so fast forwarding, fast forwarding to now, I still pray that kind of prayer, but what I've noticed is that it just became, it just become words to me now. It's, I don't really think or reflect over it. Um, there's, no, uh, there's no conscientious effort in that prayer, it's just a mindless one. Um, which leads to my second point, uh, uh, which is a vibrant prayer life does not get swayed by circumstances. A vibrant prayer life does not get swayed by circumstances. Daniel, in this text, continued to pray when there was no assurance of hope for Israel and continued to pray when there was hope for Israel. So basically, he prayed in the bad times and in the good times. In previous chapters, Daniel would pray three times a day. He would pray three times, three, three times a day every day. No matter what circumstances he may be in, he would always go before the Lord in prayer. Going back to our first point, that a vibrant life can be prayed vibrantly because of God's character, circumstances may change. Circumstances may change to everyone, but God's characteristics does not. So why should our prayer life be changed by every circumstances in our life? In verse 2 in this chapter, it talks about the hope of restoration will come after 70 years of captivity. And Daniel was getting excited for what was to come. He was, able to, he was able to do that because he was a diligent student of Scripture who built his prayer life on the Word of God. We learned in our first core value um, the truthfulness and trustworthiness and authority of the Word of God, that it is God's very voice, and by his voice he speaks with absolute truth and personal force. John Piper once said, no voice anywhere, anytime can reach as deep or lift as high or carry as far as the voice of God that we hear in the Bible. Daniel studied Jeremiah chapter 25, verse 11 to 13. He saw that God had appointed a period of 70 years for the captivity of Israel at the end of which Babylon itself would face God's judgment. For us, we pray when there are difficulties. But Daniel prayed even more and fasted when he heard there will be restoration. That's good news. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 to 18, it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And oftentimes, people pray only when life gets difficult. Um, and typically only praise when life is good. But they don't really pray when life is good. When life is good, we must still be repenting in our prayers. Daniel was praying for repentance. He was praying for God's mercy to be upon the nation, even though he knew that there will be restoration. There is humility in his prayer. That's why prayer shouldn't be led by circumstances, but a daily communication to the Father because of the relationship you have with Him. 
Daniel was in captivity since he was a boy, and now he's an old man. And what never changed for him was his faith built up from God's faithfulness through consistent prayer. He read scripture during the hard times and in the good times and see how God's character is is always the same. Knowing his characteristics led Daniel to a daily communication. And what is shown in the text is when Daniel was praying wasn't just a prayer of thanksgiving, but a prayer of repentance. You know, there's a story um, in a book that I read where a couple was driving along the road and happened to notice a late model Cadillac with his hood up parked at the side. Um, His driver appeared um, somewhat perplexed and agitated, so the couple pulled over to help. The driver explained to them that he had known when he had left home that he was rather low on fuel. How many of you guys done that before? You you guys start your engine, um, the, the light comes on, and you have to get to it, say that you have to come to church, right? And like, you're like, oh, it'll be fine. I still have enough to get here and stuff. Like, you guys are risk takers. Man, that's, I wouldn't be able to do that. I'm too nervous. I'm, I'm, I'm a scaredy cat. I can't do that. But here in this story, this guy, he knew when he turned on his engine that his gas, his fuel was um, somewhat low. And, but he was in a great hurry to get to an important business meeting. So he had not taken the time to fill up his tank. So the couple happened to have a spare, of, a spare gallon of fuel with them, so they gave it to the man and let him know the closest service station a few miles down the road. Um, thanking them profusely, the man just sped off after that. The couple got back on the road, and uh, 12 miles or so later, um, they saw the same car hood up, stranded at the side of the road. It was the same driver, guys. <laughs> The couple pulled over again, and the man was pathetically grateful again. He was in such a hurry for his business meeting that he had decided to skip the service station and press on in the dim hope that the gallon he had received would take him to his destination. It is hard to believe anyone will be so stupid until we remember that that is exactly how we go about our business as as Christians. We are so busy pressing on to the next agenda, to the next item of our agenda, that we choose not to pause for fuel. And in this story, the man was unrepentant the whole time um, because he was thankful to get help, but when he, uh, he was thankful when he, got, uh, when he got help when he needed it, and he also got sound counsel from the couple about the service station being up ahead, but he still chose to keep on going to his important meeting, thinking that gallon of fuel was enough for him. We're just the same. We're just the same. When God shows us grace, when he shows grace to us, when he extends grace to us, we thank God. We praise God even. But do we repent and still ask God for mercy? Or are we simply just giving thanks and moving on to the next thing? Our prayer life cannot be waved off for business meetings or for other agendas. It's essential in our Christian life to have constant communication with our Father who is faithful to us. And for us, don't pray because there's something to pray about. Pray because the relationship you have with God. When you have something to pray for, pray because you have a God to pray to. That leads us to our final point, point number three. 
A vibrant prayer life leads us to the Father's heart. Again, a vibrant prayer life leads us to the Father's heart. The reason Daniel could intercede for Israel passionately was through his consistent prayers. He was able to know God's heart and the promises for the nation of Israel. And when we don't spend time with God, we become distant from him. Do we acknowledge our sins and and that we keep on sinning? Just like the people of Israel, our sins turn us away from God and from the word of God. God in grace sent prophets to exhort the people to return to him, but they have refused to obey their messages. It's the same for us. We haven't listened. That's why Jesus was sent to be the ultimate prophet, leading him to be the ultimate sacrifice, paying for the ultimate price. We owe God everything. And just in disciplining, and just in disciplining Israel for their unfaithfulness, where they were covered with shame, God's discipline did not mean that he had withheld mercy and forgiveness from his people, but it meant that he, being righteous, must punish people's rebellion and disobedience. The people refused to keep God's laws and turned away from him. And so Daniel began his petition. Daniel's prayer was based on requesting to God's great mercy. Not on the nation's righteousness, because they had none, but because God is merciful and forgiving. And so he prayed, O Lord, listen. O Lord, forgive. Daniel wanted the Lord to act quickly on behalf of the city and the people that bore his name. All this will bring glory to God, for it was for his namesake. More so than Daniel, we see Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ showed the ultimate ultimate example of a vibrant prayer life throughout his ministry. Jesus spent a lot of time praying. He often went to a solitary place and prayed for hours at a time. Jesus vibrantly prayed because he knew who God is. He vibrantly prayed because he knew there would be hope of restoration. And Jesus vibrantly prayed because he knew the Father's heart. He was setting the example of what it looks like being totally dependent on our Father. And he is praying for us still up in heaven. Romans 8.34 says Jesus is in his glorious state and yet is still interceding for us. We are also able to have a vibrant prayer life because of Jesus himself. Jesus came to the world as man and not only taught us how to pray and why prayer is a necessity in our Christian life, but died on the cross to take all of our sins all on himself. Where after he died on the cross, he rose again, making a new covenant that made a way for us to talk to God as his children for those who believe Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The application for us is to ask ourselves, do you have a vibrant prayer life? Do you have a vibrant prayer life? Prayer can be vibrant as you communicate to the Father more and more. Along with his words to guide us, it sets us to know God deeper. We hear reading the Bible and praying is essential in our Christian life, but the thing to focus here right now in this sermon here, in this service, is that why it isn't vibrant, full of energy and enthusiasm. Can it possibly be because we don't know or we forgot God in a personal way? Do you acknowledge that God is righteous? Do you acknowledge that you need God? Are we, praying, are we laying our pride down 
and see all this time God is with us. We must humbly submit and after that, humbly request before God because of God's righteousness, not because of ours. We are not here to figure this out on our, all on our own as well, guys. Today's sermon was all about how we need God and God is listening to his people because he's our father. And so when you sit down and pray, let God speak to you first through the word of God. Let him have the first word. Put his living and active words into your ears and let them shape and inspire you. Say something back to him, letting that be the beginning of your prayer life, filled with energy and passion because you, know, because you are knowing God more and more and you are knowing more what the Father wants. So, amen, let's pray. Father, we, we pray to you not because we are righteous and have done something good for you to take notice of us, but we come before you simply because it is by your righteousness and great mercy. We may be dealing with a dead prayer life where we just ask you for things or for our own selfish desires, but God, may you help us to get to know you deeper through your words, Lord. Understanding and learning our Father's perfect holiness. Lord, we see that you're trying to build up our faith and you have given us access for those who accept your Son, Jesus Christ, as Lord and Savior. May we, Lord, communicate with you in an intimate and conscientious way, leading our prayer life to be a vibrant um, life, vibrant prayer life, along with our walk with you, Lord. So, Lord, we thank you. In Jesus Christ we pray, amen.